You're looking at the busiest aisle at the Toys R Us store in Paramus. Children are shopping eagerly for toys based on a movie they have not seen. I have the book and every guy's in here. I like the monsters the best. I really don't know that much about Star Wars, but I like it. Some of the toys are action toys. If your child gets one, you may have to take it away with force. Don't move. I beg your pardon? Don't move. Don't move. You're going to hit me with the... Uh... I cut your hand off. Children are buying the toys, of course, but so are older investors. They're buying Star Wars toys. Right. In a couple of years, they'll be worth a lot of dough. everywhere welcome to episode number 42 of blast points uh this is jason and it's gabe you know gabe i was thinking it's crazy how like just the fact that you can pick up a k2so with your groceries now how super kind of exciting it is that it makes it feel like i mean it's close it's really really close now but it seems more real now yeah, it always seems like once the toys come out that it's definitely really happening that there's going to be a new Star Wars movie. It's super duper exciting, and I feel like now everybody's starting to talk about how awesome K2 is or how how incredible the U-Wing looks or stuff like that now. Yeah, I think it's neat, too, to see how much everyone's kind of latched on to K2SO. Also, like, of all the new characters, like, everybody's like, I want to see more of the giant droid. Yeah. So I'm glad that people still like the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully disney will realize they got to keep putting the crazy in there because that's what people like the captain says you are a friend i will not kill you thanks well we'll be talking a whole lot more rogue friday toys coming up first of all there's there's a little bit of rogue one news There are, nowadays, yeah, I feel like it's only gonna get, it's only gonna get more intense. No, it's only yeah. Uh, the alarm's never gonna stop. No. Beeping. <laughs> it's gonna wake us up in the middle of the night. Yeah. No, no. There's more pictures. Disney Russia was at the Kino Expo International. And they dropped a little bomb that the Rogue, the final Rogue One trailer will be playing with Doctor Strange, which comes out in America on November 4th. Yeah, and it sounded like it's going to be, I believe, with the UK release, 
which is now, I think, 10 days ahead of the U.S. one. So it's supposed to be out on Tuesday, October 25th. So I got to think the trailer is going to launch online at least the day of or day before that. Yeah, so we're looking at just a matter of weeks before we get another Rogue One trailer. Yeah, which is mind-boggling. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. So I did some research. When did that Monday Night Football Force Awakens trailer come out? And that was October 19th. And that was also the day that Force Awakens tickets went on sale. So it would make sense that when we get this final Rogue One trailer, that's also when Rogue One tickets go on sale, probably. Yeah, I I don't see why they wouldn't do that again. The world is coming undone. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah. My joints are almost frozen. All right, let's light it up. I mean, that was one thing that was blowing my mind during Rogue Friday. Just thinking, like, I'm going to be here doing this again a year from now, but for episode eight. Good brother. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. And like this whole cycle is just going to keep going and going and going. Until people just drop dead. Yeah. From exhaustion. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to think ahead what the Han Solo movie is going to be like. Han Solo. 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 As far as like a, if there's like Han Friday or whatever, it's going to be. <laughs> solo Saturday. Yeah, hopefully it's Solo Saturday and not Han Friday. But I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see in two years. But it's like, what is it just going to all be like William Falcon and Han toys? Are they going to add a whole new cast of crazies to for Han to hang out with? Oh, you know, there's going to be some crazies. And everybody's going to want a young Han figure. I don't know. Doesn't everybody already have like 35 Han figures though? <laughs> Why stop now? (laughs) It's the Star Wars creature cantina that you put together. Action figures each sold separately. You can make them move on revolving discs with the action lever. You can even make them fall. Gotcha, Hammerhead. Got him. I told you not to follow me, Guido. You owe us money, Han Solo. You're not going to collect this time. Wow, what a weird place. Kenner's new Star Wars creature cantina. Action figures sold separately. So, in other Rogue One news, the whole bunch of pictures came out this week. Some of them were from Topps Trading Cards. Some of them looked like giant cardboard standees. But we got uh, our first clear look at the the gray Mon Calamari from the frozen food section of Costco. And we found out his name is Admiral Radis. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. They know what they're doing. (laughs) Radical Radis. (laughs) <laughs> totally rad Radis. Yeah. I was just going to say Radis to the Maxis. <laughs> That's his last name. His ship's called To the Extreme. <laughs> hey, kids, always recycle. To the Extreme! Busted! Also, there's a crazy-looking protocol droid that's just called an L1 droid. That one really, like, kind of blew my mind and felt like it was kind of coming out of nowhere because it, it kind of had the Force Awakens, like how just overly wacky the background droids were. And it seemed way wackier than any of the other stuff we've seen so far for Rogue One, which is saying something after, you know, with more often Pow and Bastain, but like that droid just, I don't know, he looks out there, which is cool. Yeah, I had to like 
I looked at it for a good hour and a half, just trying to wrap my head around L1. Nice to see a familiar face. Ichuta. How rude. And then we saw we saw a life of I think it's a life-size full body shot of Moroff. Yeah, I hope that is a big life-size standee. He deserves it. <laughs> he looks so good, big and white and incredible. Yeah. And there's a Vader one, it looks like, with the new Vader suit. Yeah, so this is really interesting because, yeah, the Vader suit, in these photos, he doesn't have the New Hope black cloak over the chest plate. But then the Rogue One action figure for Vader, which I believe is in the next wave, right? Yeah, it sounds about right. He does have the cloak over the chest thing. And then the Hot Toys pre-order came out. And the twelve-inch Hot Toys ones does not have the cloak over the over the chest piece, so it's madness. Yeah. <laughs> so some people are speculating maybe they're gonna he's gonna start the movie, you know, looking more like the Revenge of the Sith version with the armor over it, and by the end of the movie, he's gonna look like the New Hope one. I don't know. He just gets uh, he falls down a hill or something, and his clothes get all. <laughs> Oh, like wrinkled. What? Do, do, do you think he like puts on his suit like himself? Or do you think he has like little droids that do it? Oh, I'd hope he'd have little droids, little suit droids. Yeah, they like iron it and stuff. Well, if droids could think, there'd be none of us here, would there? I don't know. Maybe he, he spills food on it, and then he's like, "Oh crap!" And so he just puts his cloak like over top. <laughs> he's eating a hot dog. <laughs> he gets some relish over it. Palpatine gets so mad when he gets food on his armor. <laughs> That was. It was very expensive. <laughs> you know how much that costs. <laughs> if you don't care about your armor, I'll find someone that does. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe uh, Krennic throws a hot dog at him in the Death Star cafeteria. It's like, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably talk about Rebels: Holocron of Fate. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> Man, that was a doozy. Yeah, that was out of nowhere, too. It's like everyone was all excited for, what was the first one called? Oh, uh, <laughs> Steps in the Shadow, yeah. Steps in the Shadows, yeah. Like that that was going to be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. But then, yeah, if they follow it up with just kicking it up to even crazier. Mm-hmm. They're still doing the thing where they put it out on Disney XD that morning. So if you've got the Disney XD app, you can watch Rebels on Saturday morning. So, I, you know, I watched it. I watched it with my daughter, and I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. You know, Darth Maul's new episode. But I wasn't really expecting, I wasn't expecting really that ending. I don't think anyone was, really. No, because it started out too kind of, even though it was Maul and him taking the ghost crew hostage, like, it didn't seem overly intense or scary because his droids were kind of goofy. Yeah. And then they they keep bringing back prequel stuff, and they did the magnetize gag. (laughs) I thought of you. (laughs) Magnetize! Magnetize, magnetize. Yeah. yeah, which I was like, oh man, they 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 know they keeping me happy. Yeah, but then by the end, yeah, I was like, wait a second, they're gonna mix holocrons. What kind of crazy stuff is this? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, you know, even before that too, the like the Kane and Ezra stuff where they're like, you know, hugging each other and stuff like that was pretty. That was really well done. About what happened, I'm sorry for it, for everything, Kanan. It wasn't your fault. 
I never blamed you, Ezra. It's time for you to forgive yourself. Yes, Master. Two words, like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is kind of, it's heartwarming. Yeah, they go into the cave, and the fact that Kanan can kind of keep the spiders away, not with force, but by just not showing them fear, and how Ezra's kind of like, whoa, I've never seen you do that. Like, that's kind of cool. Like, kind of being like, yeah, like, I can do cool stuff too, Ezra. Um, yeah, I thought that was great too, because it was like after an episode of basically seeing how Ezra was kind of seduced by all the cool stuff the dark side can do that Kanan's basically showing up with the opposite of that and doing this really cool and showing the power of the kind of the light side, the passive side of the force. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? I can't even do that. Well, I've been forced to see things differently since Malachor. And I think once you get to the end and Maul and Ezra combine both Havacrons, uh, I think because Ezra settled his thing with Kanan, and I think the Bendu knew that that's what he was doing by making them go into the cave together. Perhaps Master and Apprentice will rediscover their balance? Or perhaps they'll be eaten? Such is the way of things. That's why Ezra probably only saw the positive out of that little explosion of the force that happened there, right? Yeah, because it was neat that they kind of, they had opposite intentions, but they, in the end they both saw the same thing, and they both saw Tatooine and Obi-Wan and maybe Baby Luke. I doubt that you comprehend the power that is within your grasp. I know if we open these holocrons together, any question we ask will be answered. So you do you understand? Well, my apprentice, what is your question? You know what I want. I want to destroy the Sith. You are as ambitious as ever. As for me, I seek something much simpler, yet equally elusive. What's that? Hope. I mean, so it's it seems like inevitable now that Darth Maul is going off to find... Obi-Wan, right? Yeah, it's like if season two, if we finally got to see Ahsoka and Vader cross paths, that we're going to see Obi-Wan and Maul cross paths again. But if the ghost crew is on Maul's trail, then yeah, who knows? All the Rebels crew is going to see Obi-Wan, maybe meet Uncle Owen. Man. Yeah, I can't help thinking that Obi-Wan, if he knows, especially Maul is coming he would probably send Luke away because Luke can't see a lightsaber or anything like that. Well, I stumbled across a recording while I was cleaning him. He says he belongs to someone called Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought he might have meant old Ben. Do you know what he's talking about? Hmm. Oh, I wonder if he's related to Ben. That wizard's just a crazy old man. But what if this Obi-Wan comes looking for? He won't. I don't think he exists anymore. He died about the same time as your father. He knew my father? I told you to forget it. Did you end up going and, and rereading the uh, Visionaries comic? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I, did you last night? I did. I did. I reread it this morning. And um, it was it was cooler than I remember it. And it did have... Um, Luke was much younger than I remembered, which was pretty cool. Like, he's basically like a toddler at the beginning. But I could see them kind of taking that story because what was cooler than what i remember too is actually that 
Uncle Owen kind of starts the fight. And in the end, Owen is actually the one that kills Darth Maul uh, before Obi-Wan gets a chance. Huh. So I'm curious to see yeah, if, if they do go down that route, how much of that um, they borrow from. Because basically, I think Beru takes Luke like down into the house and all the fighting's happening outside. Yeah, that oh, would... But I forgot. Okay, so here's the here's the part I hope they keep. And it's this, I don't know how I forgot about this. I, it starts off and Obi-Wan's like buried under the sand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and after Paul shows up, he's like talking to him through the forts, and then Obi Wan just like jumps out of the sand. And they had Luke under the sand in the uh, Force Awakens art book, so I mean, that idea has been floating around. <laughs> I mean, the only bad thing is, as exciting as it'll be to see it in Rebels, it makes it like it probably will never happen in live action. But they're, they're come up with other things for Obi Wan to do if they yeah. make an Obi Wan movie. Yeah. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Well, you know, and actually, this ties into the thing too that I don't think we talked about is the old rumor where there was a, supposed to be a character that was somehow related to Obi Wan, and that potentially indirectly, from a certain point of view, could be a certain point of view. Sabine, since Sabine's mom might be Bo-Katan, whose sister is Satine, who was Obi-Wan's girlfriend, which yeah. kind of makes Obi-Wan kind of like her uncle from right. a certain point of view. Right. So I could totally see them having Sabine and Obi-Wan spending time together. Well, and that's a thing, too, because last time Maul and Obi-Wan were together, Maul killed Duchess Satine. Remember, my dear Obi-Wan. What if Maul is jealous of Vader's role he has in the galaxy, that that was supposed to be eventually Darth Maul? And what if he's done some research on Darth Vader? Yeah, could be. It could just be, too, since Maul's trying to find an apprentice and Ezra's kind of blowing him off. Maybe he thinks he could take Luke and train him to be his apprentice. Yeah. Which is something he seems to have. As much as he wants revenge, he also wants uh, a student to pass on his evil knowledge to like a legacy yeah to pass his legacy on which is why he's so drawn to ezra now my only thing is if if they go off on this whole obi-wan maul story on rebels then it's not even going to be about the ghost crew or i'm sure filoni can figure out a way to work it in though but you know what i mean yeah but that's where i see i don't see why they couldn't have obi-wan friends with the ghost crew and maybe that's how he Here's about the Death Star. So in A New Hope, when he's like, that's not a moon, that's a space station, he kind of knows that the Empire's up to something because he heard it from the Rebels crew. That's no moon. It's a space station. They were just faking us out with Thrawn. <laughs> when the real meat was uh, underneath the potatoes. It was hiding. <laughs> secret meat. <laughs> Dave Filoni and his secret meat. <laughs> That's the name of his upcoming biography, Secret Meat, the Dave Filoni story. I see nothing, only oblivion. I must go deeper, go deeper. Wait, I see something. What do you see? What is it? I see. Tell me, tell me what you see. I see, I see him. 
twin sons. It's not worth it, Ezra. Trust me. case from the Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Inside, it's got room for your favorite Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back action figures. They fit? Yeah. There's new Dengar, Ada Driver, Rebel Commander, Leia, and 21B. You can hold up to 31 action figures, each sold separately, and you can take them with you. Darth Vader collector's case. Action figures, each sold separately. From Kenner. Scape. Like, so much of Star Wars now, like we were talking about before, is built on tradition. Like, even now there's, like, new traditions in the in the Disney era with with the Christmas releases and if we get a trailer in mid-October. And, and weirdly, like, I never really expected it to happen, kind of, but, like, the midnight toy sales for each new movie is now just, like, a total tradition. Yeah, and has been for... Man, how many years since Phantom Menace now? Yeah, since 99. The very first Midnight Madness toy sale was May 3rd, 1999. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I remember it well. What was your your episode one Midnight Madness like? Oh, man. I don't even, I don't remember waiting in line, but I remember being in the store and kind of being overwhelmed because they went so nuts that time where there was, like, the whole front of the store was just all new stuff. I bought a ton of crap that night. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, the cool thing with that is there was a toy show. We always have a like a uh, toy show like out at a fairgrounds near here. Mm-hmm. And there was one a few weeks before, I think, the midnight toy sale. And some people had, like, as usual, someone always has the figures early. And I remember I'd bought a Qui-Gon figure ahead of time. Oh, man. Because I was like, you know, he just looked like a badass anyway. So I was like, I can't. I'm not going to be disappointed with this purchase. Remember. Concentrate on the moment. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. I will. May the force be with you. Yeah. Um, so I had Qui-Gon already, but then, yeah, I went nuts and bought Rick Ollie, Modians, Battle Droids. I'm sure I got them all. Nabu Starfighter. Well, <laughs> I, bought, I bought a lot that first one. How about you? All I got was Watto. I'm a Toydarian! That <laughs> <laughs> was... It was... Episode one came out right when I was graduating college. Like it came out the week after I think I graduated from no, yeah, the week after I graduated from college. Because during my graduation ceremony, I had my movie theater episode one paper wristband on, and I had to like shake the dean of the college's hand. And I remember he looked down at my like crinkled, wet like falling apart episode one the phantom menace paper wristband on my hand like yeah dude (laughs) only four days to go um uh but yeah i was yeah i was poor and i was like i'm just i want to go and for all the hoopla and see everything and i was like i i was i was like i gotta get watto i saw watto the watto figure and i was like i gotta get watto but the most memorable thing is i remember they were dumping cardboard boxes of figures into like kiddie pools 
set up in like the middle of the Toys R Us store. The hot thing everybody wanted was the 12-inch Darth Maul. Yeah, you're right, because uh, Hasbro had the 12 inches then. You're right. Yeah, and they they had another kiddie pool, like an empty one set up. And a guy came out, and he was like, these are 12 inches. And he dumped it into the kiddie pool, right? And all you just saw all these dudes swarm around the kiddie pool and one guy i remember picked up a darth maul and raised it like up above his head and he's like i got a darth maul and some giant dude in a leather jacket came up and socked him right in the gut Ah! and then like he dropped his darth maul and then like the other guy like took off and like paid for the darth maul and i just remember me and like the people that i was at toys r us with like were suddenly very afraid (laughs) like I was like, I'm just going to get my Watto and get the heck out of here. Episode two was much calmer. Yeah, I have less clear memories of episode two, Midnight Sale. <laughs> After how just over the top for, uh Phantom Menace was that it was pretty scaled back. There was less stuff. Yeah. But it still seems like I think maybe twice as much stuff as we got with Force Awakens or Rogue One, though. Oh, totally. I agree. I agree. Um, Episode two, I got a Watto. That was it again. Ah, yes! (laughs) I wanted to keep the tradition going. Uh, I kind of remember who I got for uh, episode two, opening night. I'm sure I got a Dooku. Yeah, but I remember walking around, and I remember the, like, the Luminara figure. I was like, oh, that looks so freaking cool. And I remember just being really, really impressed with the how much better and dynamic the figure sculpts were for Episode 2 compared to Episode 1. Like, people were, like, posed. and Yeah, they kind of went nuts with the pose poses because they were, like, it was cool until you tried to put them in a different pose. <laughs> and then their arm breaks off. Yeah. Yeah. Which is then why they re-released, I think, all the original Jedi figures as a second version that you could, that was in a different pose. No, I went nuts. At, uh, I can't remember the first night, but that whole, I bought a lot of Attack of the Clones figures <laughs> over the year. Oh no, my friend. This is a mistake, a terrible mistake. They've gone too far. This is madness. Now, episode three... I was really into um, Unleashed at that time, the Star Wars Unleashed, and I went to Target, weirdly. I, oh, because they had the uh, the lava reflective Vader, for, and for some reason I thought I had to get that. I don't know why. For so, I think I might have not gone to the midnight sale for, for Revenge of the Sith for some reason. Hmm. And I don't know why. Yeah, the only midnight sale I did not go to was the Clone Wars movie. Did they have one for the Clone Wars movie? They did, yeah, they did. And I, I was, uh, I wasn't there. I totally missed that one too. Star Wars: The Clone Wars. It's an ambush. The Clone Commander blaster is three blasters in one. Close combat pistol, rapid fire blaster, and for the bigger droids, the heavy rifle. Clone Commander blaster and Rex helmet, each sold separately. Batteries not included. Wait, what figures did they have? It was like the first wave of uh, Clone Wars toys. Man, yeah. Which you could have gotten a, an Ahsoka with a Stinky and now be a millionaire. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could have bought 20 Ahsokas and Stinkies. We missed out. Yeah. Being a Padawan is harder than I thought. Let's get you home. 
we were both out for Rogue Friday, which was just last week now. But uh, I think we can't we can't start talking about toys and action figures without bringing in our resident Blast Points action figure expert. Uh, you last heard him way, 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 way back in Blast Points episode number three. Now feels like a million years ago, but it was just nine months ago. And it's, uh, yeah, our figure expert, Mr. Kyle Moore. Kyle, are you there? I am here. I am, <laughs> I am here. Yes, I am. Glad to be back. We're glad. We're happy to have you back. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, before we go into what our Rogue Friday experiences were like, Kyle, what what was your Rogue Friday experience like in your in your expert opinion? Um, as far as the entire night, or just uh, once we once I crashed the gates. Wait, let's start at the beginning. Let's let's go from the beginning because you it, it, we'll play the audio here, but you 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 had the opportunity to interview some of the folks in line too, right? I had, I did I, a couple people. Um, you know, we got in line about ten thirty, and and uh, it was eleven forty-five before I knew it. So I quick grabbed uh, the two guys I was talking to, and uh, just basically asked them who they were and what they were uh, uh, what they were looking for. And then shortly after that, all hell broke loose. So, hey, this is Kyle, and I'm doing an interview for Blast Points right here out in front of Toys R Us. We got about fifteen minutes before. The uh, store opens, and we've got about 25 people in line. i got a couple of people here, and we're going to talk to them and see who they are and what they're interested in. Who are you? My name is Mike Tolbert. No, it's not. <laughs> Jason Boonstra. What are you here for, Jason? Because I already know. Girls. Okay, cool. And they have those in plenty here. And what about you, sir? Uh, Brent Ashcroft. I'm just here to watch the debauchery unfold and maybe pick up something for my six-year-old son, um, Rogue One related. All right. See, now that's how that works. <laughs> What was the mood like in line? How how would you compare? How would you compare it to uh, Force Awakens Force Friday? Um, it was. I would say it's. A, it was a little bit more. There was probably a little more adrenaline going. I mean, you could definitely tell there was a spark in the air. Um, not that there wasn't for TFA, but uh, you know, we didn't have any idea really what they were going to be putting out. I mean, they gave us a blurb of this and a blurb of that, and there might be an exclusive here or there. But at least with um, with this one, we, you know, the public knew what they were going to put out. So people knew what they were wanted to get ahead of time for the most part. And it was just exciting just to talk to different people about what they were looking for. And then, of course, that turns into talk about the movie and then just the expectation, the excitement. So it was it was pretty electric. It was it was it was it was a good time. I, I enjoyed the Force Friday line more than I enjoyed the TFA line. And again, not to say I didn't enjoy it, but uh, that hour, hour and a half went by really, really fast. How many people were in your line? Um, I want to say there were between 20 and 30. Um, you know, when you're first standing out there and, and you're in line, there's only 10 or so. And then what ends up happening is the the wife of the guy ahead of you comes from wherever she came from or the, you know, the brother. So, we were fifth in line, but actually by the time we got in, we were like 12th in line because uh-huh. the groups of people were, you know, only one person was representing. So we, it kind of filtered in for the next hour or so after we started. But um, it was probably about 20 or 30 people. About this, I would say about the same as uh, for TFA. But it was, uh, it was raining uh, here a little bit, probably not as much as it was on uh, the east side of state there where you were, Jason. But uh, – um, it was a little misty and a little cool, but we had a great time. Gabe, what was it like for you uh, before you went in? 
Yeah, so mine was almost the complete opposite. It was raining a, a little bit. We got there. We got there late. I think we got there about eleven, and there was only like six other people in line at that point. So we kind of sat in the car for a little bit because it was raining. And then when we went out, uh, a few more people came out, but people weren't really chatty at all. I actually didn't get a chance to interview anyone because people were just kind of keeping to themselves and not really talking. It was kind of, I don't know, everyone seemed very serious for, like, overly serious. But, yeah, it was real low-key. Yeah, I had I had about, I think it ended with about 20, 25, 25, 30 maybe people in line. And they they were everyone was pretty chatty. I mean, people were kind of there was lots of small talk going on in line. Uh, we were watching the employees of the Toys R Us putting up the Rogue One signs, and we were clapping for those. So, and they would they'd hear us cheering from inside the store, and they'd turn around <laughs> thinking someone died in the parking lot or something. <laughs> so yeah, we were all pretty excited and. It it was you know it was a good mood in line. I'd say it was about half the size of what it was last year for Force Awakens stuff. All right, so I'm going up and down the line, asking people what they're looking for. What's your name? What you're looking for? My name is Mark, and I'm here with Sean, and we're looking for a Death Trooper uh, Black Series and a U-Wing. A U-Wing. A U-Wing. Man. And, Sean, you came in with Kylo Ren helmet and blade, ready to roll. Is, uh, would you say Kylo Ren's your favorite character? No, probably not favorite, but close. What's your favorite Star Wars character? Uh, probably either Boba Fett or Crimson Corsair. Man, Crimson Corsair, speaking my language. I like it. Awesome. All right, Lauren, loyal Bass Points listeners will remember Lauren from, I think, is episode two. You're at the Force Awakens premiere. What are you looking for here tonight, Lauren? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn. And Ezra. And Ezra. FYI, Lauren is dressed as Ezra, Ezra Bridger right now. It looks amazing. We're messing with the blaster lightsaber. I'm going through the line asking people what they're looking for. So what's your name? What are you looking for? Uh, my name's Andrew. I'm looking for myself, mostly. No, no, I, no I'm We're getting metaphysical. Yeah, I'm looking for Black Series figures. You know, I'm a big fan. So, yeah. Uh, whatever we can find. A couple of the main villains. Do you customize Black Series at all? Or I'm not talented enough to do that. I like to keep them vanilla. Yeah, you did a little bit of customization. You did a little bit of customization. You yeah. switched the hands yeah, out on the Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's handoff, yeah. It was risky. What's your favorite Black Series figure that you own? Uh, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Kylo Ren unmasked. Perfect figure. Perfect figure. Wow. The new one with the flags and all the business? Right, right, oh, yeah. man. All around 10 out of 10. Was it hard for you to get that? Uh, no, not at all. It, uh, I squeaked one out on the secondary market for a good price. It was, nice. it was lucky. Nice. Lucky. What's your name, man? What you looking for? I'm Jalen. I'm looking for Black Series figures also. I'm also looking for the Lego First Order um, Officer Polybag. Oh, man. I like it. I like it. How you doing, man? Oh, doing fairly well. I'm looking for more Stormtroopers. Mostly the five points of articulation because it takes me back to the day. Although the originals were four points because their heads didn't even move. Right, right, right. And uh, the more Stormies, the merrier. Also the ATACT. Yeah. I have to have that. Oh yeah, right. So those those are the big things for me. Although the the new, I think it's a U wing looks yeah. pretty good as well. Yeah, well, I might show you. So your shirt says vintage collector oh, with yeah. awesome. Oh yeah, you got a vintage stormtrooper with you here. Are you so you're a big vintage collector? Oh, definitely. From the from from the get go, when they were brand new on the store shelves, used to go to the Toys R Us in Livonia, and I'd get you know R five D four whomever, and 
had them all. Fantastic. And what's your what's your favorite Star Wars vintage figure that you own? I would have to say it is my other stormtrooper who has a scratch on his face. I dropped him when I was riding my bike, and his name is Scratch. Yeah. And he's got this perfectly battle damaged helmet, and he's he's the coolest. He can't stand up very well. Yeah. So I gave him a snowtrooper's gun. And he leans on his snowtrooper's gun, and he's the coolest stormtrooper ever. Yeah, that's that's part. That's the memories that we have with the figures that make yeah. them more special. That's great. Thank you. What's your name? Dan Martin. Dan Martin. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, do you want to? Uh, yeah. So, so what's your name? What you looking for here tonight? Uh, my name's Elizabeth. Goal one is to get two 12-inch Jin Ursos somewhere in town if I can. Okay. All right. Took forever to get the raise for my nieces, but I've oh, got yeah. nine nieces and nephews who all need swag, and yeah. then. I'll get something for me. I won't admit it. I will. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. In your guys' opinion, was there more stuff in stores or from what you saw than there was last year or about the same? Kyle, what do you think? In my in my store, the, and I went to the exact same location that I went to for TFA, and there was a lot more. Now, Again, it wasn't like there were pallets stacked on the floor. But when we went for TFA, me and um, Jason Boonster, of course you guys know Jason, mm-hmm. uh, we were the first in line. And we went right in and right to the, the, the shelf. And there was one set, one, one case of the six-inch black series. Um, and they had a lot of the three and three-quarter inch stuff. Um, and a lot of the vehicles, but everybody was looking for the six-inch black series, and there was there was nothing. We had one case, and this time there were at least three or four cases of the six-inch. Um, not to mention the uh, the exclusive uh, last year TFA. If you remember the bla- uh, the exclusive Snowtrooper didn't come out until later. Oh, yeah. The uh, tank commander was uh, in. Uh, that night, and of course, everybody, just about everybody, got what they were looking for there. There was a couple people that came in a little bit late, didn't quite get a K2SO or didn't get a Death Trooper or whatever. But that always happens. But um, and then they were they were still opening after they filled up the shelves with the three three point seven five figures. Um, they were still opening cases, and one guy would just cut open the box and then just hand it to us, and we would just r- run through our hands through it. So I would say that. Uh, about 90% of the people were probably happy with what they were able to get as opposed to TFA where 90% of the people were not happy with the amount of product on the shelf. And it varied too. I talked to two other people in uh, Kalamazoo, which is about a half an hour south of me, and Holland, which is about uh, half an hour west of me. And you'll get one guy who said that he literally filled his cart up and another guy said that there was nothing. I don't understand how that works, but um, – Literally within a half an hour radius of me, people got nothing or they got way more than they thought. So it was a mixed mixed bag, but our store was great and I got everything I needed. So yeah, I feel like with Rogue Friday, it was an interesting situation where there was maybe a little less people than there were last year. I mean, obviously in like you know just in Toys R Us and in uh, Target stores, there was a lot less hoopla. Toys R Us last year, you they had much more signs you know yeah. you walk through a little force awakens gate to get to the toys the, the star wars section there wasn't as much of that this year so but i feel like there was less hoopla more toys less people it was very different because i didn't go to the same toys or us i went to for force awakens but i actually went to the one 
like in um, in the main part of Schaumburg, which is like it's the big Toys R Us. Like we went to one kind of out in the boonies last time because we thought there'd be less people. Um, but for being like the main Toys R Us, they didn't they hadn't put the any of the posters up yet. And then as far as the figures, they seem to have plenty of the three and a quarter inch figures, which was nice. I think everybody got everybody they wanted for that. But as far as the black figures, it looked like they may have only gotten one case again because we were pretty close to the front. I mean, we were maybe eighth or ninth in line. And by the time we got in, all the black stuff was gone. And I only saw one of the uh, the tank driver, I think, was the only one that they had. And the lady just in front of me grabbed it. So, yeah, it was weird because it's. I think the Lego sets and a lot of the other stuff there was plenty of, but as far as the black figures, yeah, they were very slim pickings where we yeah, were. Nobody, nobody touched Legos at our store, and um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was, it was nicer. We were able to get get our hands on some stuff. So yeah, it's interesting to see how different it is from Toys R Us to Toys R Us when it's and all. It, you'd think it would be more consistent since it is all the same store. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. You're in my sights, Luke Skywalker. Not for long, Darth Vader. It's X-Wing Fighter and Imperial TIE Fighter. Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. Time for the old surprise swoop. Our wings hit. Not bad for a beginner, but I'll be back. X-Wing Fighter, Imperial TIE Fighter, and action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. <laughs> Did either of your stores have uh, rules? Because this was different from last year. The manager came out beforehand and basically laid down the rules where he said they had limited stock and we could only have one of each figure. We couldn't get duplicates. Yeah. They they told us that this year and the last year, the same rules. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. For, for me, it was, it was TFA came out, uh, the manager came out and said, you can only have – now, this was odd – he said, you can only have three of the same item. And I thought, well, gosh, that's more than I need. I don't need three. I don't need three Kylo Ren's. Two would be fine, but I don't need three. And it didn't matter because they only had one case anyway. No. Gabe and I were saying earlier in the episode – it's kind of interesting, especially now after Rogue Friday, how K2SO seems to be kind of the breakout character in Rogue One. What, would you agree with that, Kyle? I, I would, and a little while probably just in reading um, different things from different – talking with different people and stuff that similarly everybody seemed to be on the same boat with that. And that, of course, just – makes the whole thing swell because then somebody hears that and goes, Oh, well then if this guy says that's the, you know, that's the popular one, I better get my hands on one of those. And then that, you know, it just, it just dominoes from there. I, I, that's one I wanted to make sure I got was the K2SO because probably a few weeks up, you know, three weeks ago or so, um, I knew that it was probably, and I, I know Jason, you and I talked a little bit about how that droid seems to be one uh, character that people are going to really gravitate to. But just a couple days before, man, people were just on the Death Trooper wagon. Can I just say the the Black Series K2SO, though, is seriously one of the coolest action figures? It is. It's like, it's so poseable. It's so awesome. Yeah, I really like it, too. Now, I was under the impression that he was, I mean, when you, I, I did, I did 
have the K2SO next to the Jenner so in the box, and you can definitely tell there's a difference in height there. Oh yeah. But I, I, I my understanding was that K2SO was like, like grievous ball. And when I saw him in the box, my first thought was, oh, crap, they pulled the same junk they did with IG-88. IG-88, that figure should have been another, like Chewbacca tall, and it wasn't. You crack that IG-88 out and you stand next to the boss, and it's the exact very little difference. And when I saw the K2S, so I thought the same thing. I thought, man, is he supposed to be bigger? Uh, but, man, it looks great. It just looks really good. And he, he's very poseable. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. Oh, I was just going to say the thing with K2SO, though, that I think is we're going to realize when the movie comes up potentially is he's he looks really tall, but he's not as tall as we think because it's just that Jin is so short. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, could be too. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> her and the guy that plays uh, Kazian are both like 5'3". So oh, well. He's, he's really not that big. He's probably actually like 6'3". And... He looks like he's eight feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> that IG-88 talk made me think one of the greatest Star Wars action figure moments ever for me is when they came out with the new 12-inch, the newish, in like the 90s or early 2000s, 12-inch uh, of IG-88. Yeah. And he was in a normal size box, right? And the, but then when you took him out of the box, you realized that his legs extended out. Yeah, that was a great figure. So I was just, <laughs> I remember taking it out of the box and being like, shut up. And Kyle, you were interviewed by your local news station, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, oddly enough, one of the guys that I did a quick interview with, and he's a friend of mine, is Brent Ashcroft. He's uh, He does local TV here uh, at uh, one of the news stations, and he was in line talking. And we were talking with him, and he said he was going to have his – he was going to record personally and then put that on the WZZM uh, page, Facebook page, not on the air. But then sure enough, about 10 minutes later, here comes a news truck with, with one of his, uh, news guys and they, uh, watched everybody outside and then they went in and, and I'm walking around and I keep bumping into Brent and, uh, a lot of the clips that I don't know if you guys have both seen it, but you know, where we're in the store and then I'm walking toward the front with my stuff and, and all of a sudden I hear Brent yell at me, Kyle, don't go anywhere. We're going to interview you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So the guy set up the camera there at the end of the, uh, by the doors, the exit doors of Toys R Us. And I got my purchases and he said, okay, stand right here. And then I uh, did a little interview with me about um, what it was like to be doing this. And it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> now, now you can put your as seen on TV. Oh put the yeah. Little sticker on your, uh, <laughs> on, your on your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Make it, yeah. <laughs> Right, put it on my glasses or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Force Friday last year for Force Awakens was kind of legendary for what a disaster it was for so many people, and we kind of talked about how that really wasn't the really wasn't the case. I mean, there of course is always going to be somebody who doesn't get what they want or what they were hoping to find, um, but I feel like most people have a pretty good attitude about that. Most people. But the one big thing that came from Force Friday last year was the um, the rightfully so Where's Ray movement, where there was a shortage of Ray product. And no, 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 no. I feel like they're trying to correct some of their mistakes. There was a lot of Jyn Erso. Would do you I guys, would agree with that? Do you guys? Yeah, yeah I you, think so too. So do you think that's a do you think that's a reaction? 
It's hard to say because on one hand, it probably is. But on the other hand, too, I think there's less mystery to Jin being the star than there was the Ray being the star. They were kind of still maybe. I, I would agree with that, too. With, with, with Force Awakens, though, even though Ray is the central character, there are, I mean, you're bringing back the original trilogy characters. So regardless of whether or not people knew that Ray was going to be the main character, you still had the influx of people that were still going to see Han Solo and Chewbacca as the quote-unquote main characters. Now, when that translates to action figures and we don't get all the Ray stuff like we should have, then yes, I can see where, um, to Gabe's point, there's no mistaking that Jyn Erso is the star of this film. State your name for the record. Jin Erso. And there is a lot of Erso. I mean, there are two or three different Black Series figures right now, six-inch, not to mention they're going to put a three-pack out uh, of, of basically the, the Jyn Erso that we already have, the standard one. So we've got the standard Jyn Erso that just came out the other day. We've got the San Diego Comic-Con Jyn Erso and the Kmart that are on the f- shelves right now. And there's going to be another three-pack coming out with her in it, not to mention the three-and-three-quarter-inch figures. And then the, Kathy bought 12 pops, and five of them were Jyn Erso different outfits so yeah there is something to be said about hasbro saying we better put our foot down on the gas on this and make sure we get enough out there because we're going to get you know where's gin if we don't forgery of imperial documents possession of stolen property aggravated assault resisting arrest on your own from the age of 15 reckless aggressive and undisciplined this is a rebellion isn't it I rebel. Toys R Us had the uh, exclusive uh, T-shirts out of the exciting sizes of medium and large. What <laughs> what size did you get, and what are you going to do with the T-shirt? I, I got a large because that was as big as it went. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm normally an extra large. What am I going to do with it? I probably will put it in a booth because unless I cut the neck off and the sleeves off and um, stretch it out so it goes farther than my belly button, um, I probably won't be able to wear it. Kyle, you could, you could rock that, Kyle. You could. Uh, well, we'll see. I got, we got celebration coming up. I <laughs> might just... <laughs> that might be a good look. Yeah, I think I got, I got the medium because I knew I was going to give it to my kids, so... I think the, one of them will fit in it at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave I gave it to my daughter, and she wore it the next day to school. And she was, I think, she was pretty proud that uh, she was the only kid at school that day wearing a Rogue One T-shirt. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Ra- raising her right. Yeah, before she went to school, I was like, if anybody asks you, that's K two S O. That's Captain Cassie and Andor, and in the middle, it's Jin Erso, just in case. <laughs> Did you give her a, like a card with your number and like tell the kids if they have any questions they can call me? Yeah, just the podcast is called Blast Points. I like I think everyone can kind of agree that Maybe it wasn't quite as much as Force Awakens, but what do you think? If if they do a midnight sale next year for Episode Eight, what do you think? Do you think it'll be bigger again, or do you think this will start to become more routine? What's your what's what's your prediction for next year? I think, regardless of 
of whatever movie, whether it's a standalone or it's a continuation movie, there's going to be a large group of people that are going to continue to do that. It's everybody loves it. It's it's like a holiday, and they're, I think they're going to continue to do it. I would assume. Now, episode eight. If if right now, as you ask me this question, I think based on the Luke factor and the Ray factor regarding whether she is at all or completely in on a, being a Skywalker or whatever happens with Ray's character and her heritage, it's going to come out in this movie and it's going to come out in toy form and people are going to want to make sure that they're there when it happens. So I think that the release, when they do it for eight, is going to be as big or maybe even a little bit bigger depending on as we get closer and things start to kind of frame up a little bit. And then you get, to, I mean, I can tell you right now, regard black, the black series, six inch Luke Skywalker, it's going to, it's people are going to, there might be fights. There I, might be fights. I was thinking about that. I was like, well, cause I was thinking like, okay, well next year I'm definitely going to want a black series, Luke Skywalker. And I was like, yeah, me and every other star Wars fan in the world. <laughs> Right. Well, and every other Star Wars fan that's been waiting since Force Awakens came out for their black six-inch Luke, and we probably won't get it until Episode Eight, so it'll be even crazier. Yeah, I mean, nothing, no, nothing for Luke on on TFA as far as TFA goes. Maybe he'll come with different heads, with different haircuts. Oh man! I think we said oh. in an episode long ago, I'd like a plush one with a real furry beard that you can comb. Mm. Oh my God! Put a rubber band in it. Oh man. You could rub your face next to it. <laughs> Drift off to sleep. Real, real quick, real yeah. quick, Jason. I just want to thank you guys for asking me to uh, put my two cents in on that. It was a lot of fun, and um, I really appreciate you having me on, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And again, just just thank you to uh, both of you guys for asking me to do it. I, pr- I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, well, no, yeah, th- no problem. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, you're welcome. We're we're glad you had such an awesome. Uh, store to go to too you had like you had the best force uh rogue <laughs> friday experience too so it was great to have you on star wars you and your children loved it now the earthlings at kenner have asked my associate and me to present the star wars collection truly remarkable toys and games for your children what are you so excited about now my goodness the star wars tie fighter and x-wing fight now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful star wars companions with kenner's star wars action figures it's a little you kenner's new radio controlled r2d2 anyone can command Ah, the Star Wars land speeder that moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star space station, four floors of action, a trash compactor too. Listen, R2, that's the Star Wars electronic laser battle, a game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and games in Kenner's Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the force be with you and your children. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. All 
All right, so Gabe, we don't have any uh, new iTunes reviews this week again. People better write some reviews. I know. So here's the deal. iTunes reviews, if you write one, a five-star review, not only does it help the show out immensely, but we will read your review, what you write about the show, on a future episode of Blast Points. So after you're done listening to this, if you haven't done it already, head over to iTunes, write us up a review, and then make it real snappy, and we'll, uh, we'll read it on uh, an upcoming show. And you should follow Blast Points on Twitter, right? We're at Blast underscore points, and we've got a Facebook page, and we have an Instagram page, too. And I feel like that's it, right, Gabe? That sounds like, yeah. We're on computers. Yeah. <laughs> and you can read, I'm back doing my uh, Rebels episode recaps over on Doom Rocket now. I know, right? So you should go head over to DoomRocket.com and read some in-depth reviews I've written about episodes of Star Wars Rebels. I'm doing all of Season 3. But yeah, that about wraps up episode number 42 here of Blast Points. I just want to say thank you to Kyle one more time. Yep, thanks, Kyle. You got it, guys. Thank you. And yeah, tune in next week for another episode. So until then, thanks for listening. Thank you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. This year, a lot of kids are asking their parents for space toys for Christmas, and the demand is having a tremendous effect on the toy industry. Industry-wide sales are up by almost 8%, most of the increase attributable to the space toys craze. But Cincinnati-based Kenner Corporation sales are up 40%, and Kenner officials say the movie Star Wars is responsible. Last year, Kenner won the rights to manufacture toys based on the movie, paying millions in royalties. But Kenner says it'll pay off. They've shipped over 30 million Star Wars toys this season, and they're firmly convinced the craze could last for years. May the Force be with all of you!